0: Hey, and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. I'm Martin, and with me is Rasmus. How are you today, Rasmus? Are you as sunny and warm as me?
1: Um, Yeah, the sun is not falling through my window yet, but uh, I was out uh, earlier today, and it's beautiful, and yeah. I have a great view from here. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm just happy for the September. Like,
0: <laughs> it's been, it's been yeah. great. Huh? Uh, and people how are, are, you? are talking about another warm uh, like uh, Indian summer month or, or period coming, upcoming. So I guess oh, really? we, we're getting our share of the uh, global warming as well here up, up north in Sweden.
1: Yeah. As long as like the Gulf Stream doesn't turn, if that's still credible <laughs> science, then I think like Sweden is just going to become better. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. are you, man? How are you, long,
0: how are you today? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm I, I, my headspace is completely filled of uh, of uh, voice text to speech at this moment, and uh, so I was I was happy to hear that we we're going to talk about that, and uh, because I I, have, I don't have a space for much else right now, and that's that's good. And you uh, uh, had some nice framing for that, connecting it to last episode. Yeah, I just think it was like um,
1: I think it was a really good good chat. Uh, Last week, where I mean, you uh, pointed me to this article about the three paradigms, like UX paradigms of computers Mm -hmm. and the AI intent based um, UI uh, after a command based UI is this third one that we're Mm. uh, getting into now. And uh, of course, I mean, we've been chatting about that a a bunch of times in this podcast. But for me, the uh, maybe the most interesting part of uh, you know the next few steps in ai after these new models have come out is like how do you apply it and what are the new uis mm-hmm. like we if we compare it uh, from uh, you know uh, the previous paradigm of command based where we started with the command line right you know the terminal mm-hmm. uh, basically and then we went to the graphical interface which is maybe the next step of that and and i my framing is still that we in many ways are in this first terminal uh, phase of this yeah. new paradigm. Yes. And uh, of course we are both working on uh, new UIs and there are a lot of interesting things happening out there, but, but yeah, I think that's a nice framing for also how voice fits into this because mm. obviously that's, I mean, not obviously, but like, in, at least for me, it seems very, very likely that's going to play a big part um because you know text and voice are so closely interconnected and voice is of course much more natural in the sense that we've been speaking for you know in some form (laughs) for probably biologically for you know you know since we basically i mean even before we were technically human so um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean so I'd, i'd love to just hear what what you're like um what you've experimented with and what you're um excited about right now
0: yeah yeah, first to just to connect to um, what you're mentioning about the UI paradigm. Uh, what I love about thinking about AI as intent-based uh, UI is that um, it it disconnects the thinking from chat. Like a right now AI is so synonymous with chat, and if we think about it as, or if I think about it as intent-based, it means that that I I expand my my mind to think about what not like what how can i use ai in a chat manner but uh, or a chat ui but how can i use ai uh in general what is an if if ai is an intent based interface to the world or to my computer then what is the best version of an intent intent based uh, ui paradigm and how or how what different versions should exist in the future
1: that's really um, interesting actually so, sorry just like to yeah,
0: break in there like,
1: something came to me, like, if we just look at, like, an intent-based paradigm, mm. and maybe this is obvious to everyone, but I'll say, it anyhow, it's like, of course, first the thing is expressing intent. Mm. So then, of course, a good UI makes it easy to express intent. And then the other part of that is, of course, that that intent is understood and acted upon mm. uh, well, which is, of course, like, you know, part of, like, very core to what these new models offer us. Uh, but I still feel that, uh, and and then of course how the result of those the, that intent of that the actions taken from that intent are expressed mm. back to us. So I mm. think there's something there. At least I don't know. Maybe that's a three part framing for me in my head. At least um, yeah. that might fit to audio and where audio fits in and and text audio.
0: And what's exciting about uh, thinking about it as uh, about AI as intent based uh, technology or or paradigm is that intent can be expressed on on so many levels you can you all of a sudden you introduce abstraction like so you can mm. say and what is currently going on is that we're pretty v- close to command uh, paradigm still because people are sharing prompts uh, like how do i get chat gpt to write an email so yeah. it, like pre- pretty much the command or the intent is write an email but if we, ex- we if we get Better and better uh, autonomous agents or autonomous AI uh, technology. It means that we can ab- abstract the intent to why am I writing an email? Yeah, I want to. I want to acquire customers. So you could like you could say that like express that as an intent. Uh, if you have an agent, help me acquire customers. But it could also be like help me build a business or uh, help me um, live a happier life. Have, mm. uh, and so the, um, yeah the, the UI is intent based, but that's gonna play out on so many different levels, and uh, and uh, just when AI gets more and more powerful and autonomous, that's uh, gonna change how UIs work as well.
1: I think that's a nice connection between intent and, and autonomy actually, mm-hmm. because the more autonomy the system has, the more higher level intents it can execute for you. Yes. Right. And, and I think that's like a really interesting exploration, like how, how you move up that stack, Mm. you know, of, of intents and what's your sense with audio there, does audio present like any, any like higher level possibility than text or is that very like similar to text in what it offers us?
0: yeah so for me audio represents a more ambient interface that you can you can uh, if you have an audio based interface you can invite the a i to participate in a meeting or you can um you can um, talk to them hands free if you're on the movie if you're on your bike or just traveling mm-hmm. you can you could like at the press of a button or as as if you're making a phone call you can talk to talk to the a i without having a keyboard in front of you and uh, I al- already feel that the uh, friction of like chatting with the AI on my phone it's it's uh, yeah. like uh, it's not as um, as um, uh, fast uh, as as on my laptop and with AI I need to be more expressive like if there's a reason for why as we as humans as have developed these emoticons and uh, uh, like uh short form language for for talking on the phone which it with each other and with ai that doesn't work like it doesn't pick up we have to be very expressive in order to uh express intent currently so i think um uh, on the phone um that the text based interface needs to move toward more short form like to be able to be very precise with ai and also maybe to have like a a pre-built custom instruction that that is always there as a, as a context, but also audio is a clue uh, to the future of uh, UI for AI.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean it's it's interesting also because there's I think there's you know, information being lost from being physically present with each other to mm. video calls like this to audio and then to text. You know, there's information being lost. So I think that, and information in this case is part of intent, right? Yes. That if I write to you, I have to be really careful to make you understand me, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like there's there's this uh, advice, right? Don't uh, don't fight over text or email, right? Yeah. Because that's just going to escalate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not you're not going to really be able to connect or or make the other person understand you or your intent. So Mm. I think there's, there's just something there also that there's a lot of information actually in, if I just look at the data of it, like Mm. an audio file is not only equal to the transcript, like a perfect transcription of the words in that conversation, there's also a lot of other information in there. So, I mean, I think that's part of moving up the intent stack, actually, when I think about it. Um, have, have we seen anything like that? Do you, do you know any good examples uh, of uh, like how that has translated?
0: No. So the only the only audio interfaces are the Google Home and and, uh, and like those interfaces, Alexa, Siri, and and they have not yet leveled up to to the Lem world uh, or era. So and but but they they will be, and they are an example of. Of sort of an embodied embodiment of AI in in our lives, and of course that's where also where audio comes in. That, that as soon as you want to have a robot, no matter if it's a dishwashing machine or a or a Roomba that you can talk to, audio yeah. is going to be the the natural interface. As soon as you have an embodied AI presence, audio is going to like you never want to write to a Roomba who is in the same room. That's just going to feel stupid. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting also on the topic of like conversation. I mean, you, you, you used the word ambience, but if I'm, mm. there is something very profoundly different in like both the speed of information exchange, like in a in chat and in uh, in like voice. And I mean, I can just imagine that it's actually might be easier to enable autonomy using like voice as the medium, because there will be so many more cues for the AI to understand you and be able to respond autonomously, like you know, filling the silence, so to say, uh, even when there's not like do this for me or yeah. asking a very clear question. Um so like what what are examples out there today, right? We talked like a chat just a little bit before, right? We have the um I mean actually you can talk about it. I, I heard like I listened to good uh, good talk with Mr Beast. Yeah. Uh, the other day and just to make like very clear things that are are possible like from just a business standpoint so he wasn't currently like actively using like voice cloning features basically where he clones his own voice and uh, you know which enables you know content to be created without him speaking himself because he he does these like, hugely expensive productions of like two million dollars every two weeks or something to prove to produce the piece of content that he he releases mm-hmm. and one of the things that uh, but he had experimented with it and apparently the like uh, the metrics they track in terms of engagement and and like uh, were very like are quite small uh, in terms of like like basically him speaking himself or a voice clone um, Do you mean like the, speaking the, instead. The,
0: the differences in metrics
1: yeah or, or yeah small? the difference yeah. in the metrics are small but like they were yeah. still worse. Uh, So he hadn't switched, uh, but they were very small already. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the natural thing he looked at there is they have basically people dubbing him in like every (laughs) language. He has like 50% of his, I mean, he speaks English, but he has 50% of his viewers in other, like uh, from people who don't speak English uh, and listening to him in other languages. And there he has like professional, like, I mean, people who dub him Mm -hmm. in, in um, in these languages. But I mean, that's, something very few can afford right if you look at creators in the creator economy Mm. like i mean for example in this podcast right we're we're not gonna hire you know dubbers for like to to impersonate us you know one for you one for me in like five languages right or even one language uh likely but that's soon going to be available which sort of i mean this is another tangent but you know that changes things quite a lot in terms of just communication whether it's mm. pre-recorded like this that we can reach a global audience from day one uh, but also uh you know i mean in, of course live conversation i mean the bobble fish uh you know i yeah. don't know what that's was. that the uh hitchhiker's guide. the where is that from
0: yeah that's 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 yeah. right yeah
1: the little thing you put in your mm. the fish you put in your ear and then you can yeah. hear in every the language and, and and understand each other mm. and this is uh you know, potentially that, you know, quite, Mm. quite soon. Um, But I think those would like, for me, quite concrete examples of where, like, we have so much of our medium media that is like, and our communication that is spoken Mm. and uh, before AI is really there with us, it won't affect that content much. Uh, But it's really like, really, really getting there fast is is at least my impression from listening to, to him talk. Mm. even though i haven't experimented much with myself um,
0: and um for real time dubbing uh, then you can do that with video as well pretty pretty uh, yeah. soon so you can have a video chat where you where you see each other talking in in a different language than than uh, at like at the receiver's end and then yeah. at the at the sender's end and I mean, I imagine
1: like, you know, just video dubbing as well. Like there, I mean, that's, there's probably already software for that. Like hmm. adapting my voice, like, sorry, my, the way my mouth moves to make it seem like I speak Spanish and then I'm dubbed. So, hmm. I mean, that stuff is probably going to be mainstream, mainstream available
0: uh, relatively soon, right? Yeah. If it isn't already. Um, and uh, just to give a, a brief background, what what uh, has led there the, the revolution like the big boom uh in in uh, both speech to text and text to speech like the the translation between uh the, the real world audio and the the virtual or digital text um in both directions is actually uh, again open source that uh on on the on the speech to text side it was whisper released by open ai uh, that that has been cloned in many uh, versions and and um, on the other side it was a, a library called Tortoise TTS uh, which was very like, provi- which provides very high quality uh, text to speech if you have an NVIDIA graphics card and um, that has been forked and cloned by many commercial services um, like, among those is Eleven Labs which is um, the number one in the market now in terms of just developer experience, and and also like in combination with output quality, and uh, and um, they they cl- basically clone Tortoise and and started fine tuning it to to uh, and do voice cloning and so on, and uh, have built a really good business on top of that. And there's there's so many others um, uh, like Deepgram and and. Uh, Play HT and so on, which which uh, are doing the same. And um, oh, sorry, Deep Deepgram is actually uh, speech to text. Uh, but uh, there there's uh, so that that space is is just like um, new new um, uh, services are coming up every day now uh, with yeah. with competing uh, uh, offerings. And uh, like one really big. Uh, Uh, benchmark is uh, how fast they are like and they are also competing on that end and uh, that's also happening in open source where there's a faster version of whisper called faster whisper and uh, and then um, like what what is needed for real time uh, to have real-time conversations is that that you're actually streaming the audio And so that you can, as soon as you get the first byte of the audio stream, you can start playing. You don't have to wait for the entire. And uh, Eleven Labs is pretty unique in in that they provide input streaming as well. And of course, OpenAI, if you want to stream text from from OpenAI um, into audio, then OpenAI um, provides a streaming API. So you get every word. Uh, basically, or maybe even half a word. Sometimes uh, every token comes in as a stream individually, and then you can, with your server as a middleman, you can stream word by word to Eleven Labs, and and they will start generating the, the audio stream from the first token. So and so when you get the first audio byte back, uh, there's been maybe a second or so uh, of lag, and uh, and that is like. Everybody's everybody in this space is are, are trying to to find the the ways to reduce that lag.
1: And is there like a difference between speech to text and text to speech in this sense? Is like one of them solved and the other one is not, or is this the same? Like, is it just like the inverse, and they both work via these services uh, in the sense like because then the then I mean you have uh, text to speech, speech to text, and then you have speech to speech, right? Which mm. is the way you can really interact like. Ambiently, like you say, having a phone call with your AI, and of course, I've I've heard demos of like you know an assistant uh, AI calling up you know uh, a hairdresser and booking mm. a time for someone, mm. uh, which is of course going to be like you know yeah um, very useful going yeah. forward.
0: I would say that um, speech to text is much more solved uh, in the sense that you that you mean uh, because. And their output quality is good enough for the AI to understand. Um, but there's, um, but on the text-to-speech side, our our perception of audio is so keen, like we can really hear that still that there's a machine uh, talking. But uh, uh, we are approaching very very fast now the the limit where it's not perceptible anymore that there, it's mm. a machine. But then. It has to do with uh, instead with intelligence about just understanding because there's it's one thing to be able to express emotions through voice to set that this phrase should be played uh, with a happy voice or an angry voice but but then to modulate modulate that expression that emotion and and know when to apply what emotion and and that that's gonna be that that's uh, like a the next field of research which is going to take a lot of um time i think to get to to perfection because it's the 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 things that are um moving fast now are very technical in nature and uh, and uh, the things that are more human uh, in nature like how do you actually hold a conversation and uh, and how do you actually understand each other in a conversation that's that's going to be a much slower process to refine
1: yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I can really see that's that's the level up, right, from uh, like when the AI can both understand and express the subtleties of mm. conversation, right, of, of your yeah. voice. And uh, of course, that will apply to video as well, you know, having like true deep fakes or true, you know, uh, clones of yourself, mm. if we look at it in a possible, but like in a positive manner, um, mm. will of course require it to actually grasp those Nuances, yeah. like and and uh, express them, but I mean, I don't really see that if you train it on like a thousand hours of, of video of me, which there mm-hmm. is not, but you know, if there was, uh, mm-hmm. there is of you know a lot of you know influencers, etc., right, and actors. Then, I mean, I I it makes sense to me that an transformer like you know something like an an, an LLM type model would be able to you know just Um, yeah, I mean, express, express all those like nuances as me. Um, and of course, I mean, in the, I guess in the Google assistant kind of demo versions, it's, they've sort of defined the voice of the assistant, right. They've Mm. sort of or trained on a specific set and then everything all, all, you know, everything it tries to do is expressed through that sort of digital ai personality you know with that voice etc um interesting but that feels like it's it's it is like it's it's like pretty obvious it's going to be a solved problem right yeah like all of that yeah
0: Mm. yeah Um, Yeah, it's it's not there's it's not like um agi or consciousness where it's just a completely black uh, hole or like with, with an event horizon where we don't know how things are going to progress it like the roadmap is pretty clear on and like the timeline is evolving faster than than you can expect um there's there's also like you have to be aware when you every time you see a demo uh it's it's very easy yeah. to produce really nice demos of, of stuff because then you can you can uh, you can do five takes and to, and just publish the best one and uh yeah and that's not going to hold up in a production environment so that it's a very different thing like to have a good demo and have a have a solid uh, robust solution for, that is ready for the real world but uh, uh the robust solutions are are um for for this like for the basic use cases are already there
1: and it's interesting i mean because like going back to the beginning of like new ui paradigms of the... Uh like within, or sorry, new UIs within this Mm intent-based AI paradigm. Yeah. It feels like, you know, voice, you know, could be, you know, I, like, I still don't see, you know, chat GPT or chat as having been the killer kind of interface, because it's, it's a little bit like when we only had terminals in the computer, uh, you know, most people didn't use them. You Mm -hmm. had to be like quite. I don't know a certain type of person, you know. I'd say maybe technically minded or left-brained or whatever you want to say, uh, to to use that. And I think we're going to see like the numbers coming out over time, probably. But my guess is that really the chat-based interface has quite a low upper limit in terms of users globally, mm. whereas with voice, I can really imagine that as being like so natural to people and the thing that makes you know alexa and i mean maybe even more so siri and whatever google will or android will call their assistant right mm. uh moving from bixby which is so annoying uh <laughs> when i've tried like android phones uh i could really feels like that's gonna get it out to the billion people pretty quickly uh like billions of people because we're so used to talking with our phones, so to say, usually like with other yeah. people. Right. But already giving voice commands to, to our phones is, I don't know how many people use it, but I'd say it's, it's relatively widely used. Yeah. And, and if you know, you always have that AI assistant talking to it on your phone, like you, you always have it available, just, Hey Siri or equivalent mm-hmm. that, that's really, I think that's, that's probably the, you know are very likely to be the you know the, the major killer interface of, of the of this paradigm uh but you know we'll see of course but it makes a lot of sense to me um i think mm. what do yeah. you think
0: yeah i no i think so too and uh and um i also feel like it's going to uh leverage or um sort of level the playing field for AI by making it more accessible to a lot of people that chat chat, GPT is still very technical uh, as an interface and and, uh, having a voice interface will democratize AI in a big way Mm -hmm. as well. And if we look at like opportunities in terms
1: of we're startup people, right? That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And then my sense is though, that if that assumption is true, and please challenge me on this. Like, is if the if the assumption is true that voice will be will be at least a or the killer UI of this paradigm of interacting with AI, mm. is anyone going to have a chance against Google and and Apple? Like, you know, is any other app that is not you know that is outside uh, of that going to be you know able to break through? I mean, maybe in more specific things. Like maybe Siri won't be the service to create a voice clone of yourself to dub your videos or whatever. But yeah. but, but what's your sense there when you've been looking at this space? What's being built and what you're excited about? What like what are the opportunities generally? So, you feel for startups?
0: Yeah, I think that for for startups in general, um, the the opportunity is in in. One is in pioneering new technology, which is basically what these companies we've been talking about are doing. And, uh, and they're moving faster than with just because their efforts are much more focused. They're moving faster than what the big players are. And, um, and, but they are also then providing blueprints to, to Google and and Apple that can just see like either what should we build or what should we buy uh, uh, in, in this space. And, um, but but the other the other way uh, there there is uh, uh, also um, a scene of or or a market of of chatbots which are more relationship building uh, than what Siri and Google Home will ever be. Uh, Apple doesn't want you to to form a, a strong attachment, the relationship with with Siri, and uh, so so if but if you there are already uh, startups that that uh, take that route to say that mm. here's a companion uh, here's a, here's like even uh, here's here's your new new chat based girlfriend or yeah. here's someone you can you can have a relationship with and um, and and that's also a way to, to to be unique in the market as a startup and and just like now I mentioned the extremes, but but think about what Google and Apple, since they are forced to be mainstream and do only mainstream things, it means that they're not going to go down niches, not even if a niche is uh, like a hundred million people market, they're not going to go yeah. there because it's still too small uh, in, some, in some sense.
1: Yeah, and that sort of brings me back to kind of, I don't know if the right frame is data, but let's use that. So if we take the the example that I've heard about um, the chat-based girlfriend, so to say was uh, this influencer who created a chat-based kind of uh, version of herself, like yes. trained a little model and yep. then made a, like a lot of money, basically signed up, uh, I don't know how many, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, boy, boyfriends globally. And mm. what did she do there? She basically took the data or, you know, her data, right? There was something valuable in that data. People maybe like appreciated her looks and or her personality. It was, it was only
0: it was only her voice. She just cloned her voice, and oh, it really, was her voice. It wasn't chat. Yeah.
1: It was just voice. Okay. Yeah,
0: and and it wasn't it. W- you it wasn't talking to her and having access to any personal information. It was only like talking to her to a general chatbot, knowing nothing about her life, but with her voice. Okay. And that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, but that's, that's might, you know, go further. Like, if we just move into the future of like, like real time deep fake videos, you could literally, she could have, if she has a lot of video content, Mm. you could literally have, uh, like, what feels like a very real relationship with this person, Mm -hmm. you know, this actual person, but it's not her, of course, but it's, it's, you know, the representation of her. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think the uh, the opportunities probably there as well lies in like um, you know using this technology on <clears throat> specific pools of data, you know, representing mm. something valuable like her personality or you know her as a attractive uh, potential girlfriend, right? Mm. Or uh, a company having a lot of unique data and therefore or knowledge or capabilities that can be accessed mm. through these these models. And I, I think like I don't know, I think we should probably round off now. We're going off over over 30 now, but
0: yeah
1: but just in yeah in one sense it feels still to me like you have the big players, like you say they're gonna go mainstream, they're gonna have foundational models, they're gonna have general interfaces and they're gonna be big winners in this. And then you have these 11 labs type, you know, Langchain, et cetera, type uh, products that enable um, startups or existing companies with some type of valuable data or interface Hmm. to, you know, their enablers, basically. And then you have the end applications that are probably going to be, most of them are probably going to be very niche uh, in terms of like, Using those those and, and and applying them to say you know a, a digital partner. Mm. Um, do you have any final thoughts around this? Like, what do you what do you, what's your like what's your takeaways from this this chat?
0: Um, no, I, I just had one reflection now that uh, if we look at the the Spike Jones movie Her, um, which is yeah. sort of a future forward look on AI and uh, other movies like Ex Machina and so on. Of course, um, uh, audio and voice is the natural interface uh, to AI in in all, in the entire um, realm of science fiction, just because it's it wouldn't be exciting to see someone sit down and chat, uh, I mean, ri- write to an AI. You want to yeah. do it. And, and, But I think that also shapes our our perception of what what AI is going to be in the in the end. That we see those Mm. kinds of depictions on the on the big screen.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's a little bit like it's going to be both like the AI moving towards being less and less distinguishable from humans. You know, Mm -hmm. text like chat, voice video and then of course the physical like ex machina kind of optimus thing Mm -hmm. uh and then there's probably going to be which probably another talk but i mean there's there's a lot of things these models are gonna like ai is going to be able to express and ways they're going to be able to express themselves that we can't you know just on a screen right for example Mm -hmm. you know what can they do there or you know with ar or vr like how can they express themselves Mm -hmm. uh you know um but anyhow, chat but, for another, another time probably.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for today, uh, both you, Rasmus, and our dear listener, uh, for staying with us all the way to the end. And um, see you again at uh, the, when we're doing the next episode of Co-Creating with AI.